I want us to get uh, right into the Word of God. Uh, I'm going to read to you from the book of Luke. If you've got a, a Bible, you can go there with me. Otherwise, I will read it to you. It's fun. And I'm going to read from uh, Luke chapter 16. And I want to talk to you this morning about the things that God has given you. Particularly your assets. Your money. Your property. Your vehicles. Your clothes. The goods that God has given you. And how you use them in life. That's what I want to speak about. Because that is what Jesus speaks about in a certain parable that He tells His disciples. And we're going to work through this parable together this morning and see what we can learn from it. This is uh, Luke chapter 16 verse 1. He also said to His disciples, uh, There was a certain rich man who had a steward... And an accusation was brought to him, to the rich man, that this man, the steward of his, was wasting his goods. And the first thing I, I want to remind us of this morning is that we own nothing in this life. That everything that you own belongs to the Lord. You know, this uh, world is obsessed with ownership. We're obsessed with owning things. We're obsessed with having a nice car and for people to see that we have a nice car. We're obsessed with having uh, more money in the bank. There's something about having money that makes us feel secure. Uh, we're obsessed with you know, having a nice house or having nice clothes or wearing a nice watch or wearing nice shoes. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But there is something in the heart of man that wants to own things. And actually... What the Bible says is we own nothing. Every single thing that we think we own actually belongs to the Lord. And we are simply stewards of what He has given us. That's a very important lesson to learn in life. We are not our own, the Bible says, we've been bought at a price. The price we've been bought with is the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We are not our own. And everything that we have is to be used for His glory. A very important lesson in life. And so, I want to ask you this morning, have you accepted that truth in the Christian life? That everything you have, including your money, the money in your wallet and the money in your bank and the money in your investment account, it's not yours. It's the Lord's. And it is to be used for His glory. Have you accepted that? That's part of being a disciple. You can't serve the Lord unless you accept that, that everything you have is His and to be used for Him. This steward in this parable, and let's just be clear who the parties in this parable are. The first is a rich man, that's God. The next is a steward of His goods, that's us. This particular steward in this story had been an unfaithful steward. An accusation was brought to the rich man. This man is wasting your goods. Perhaps uh, this steward had been enjoying the wealth of his master. He lived in his master's house. Apparently his master trusted him. He didn't uh, look over his shoulder and, and uh, micromanage everything he was doing. He trusted the man with his goods. But this steward enjoyed the good life. He enjoyed the wealth. He enjoyed the houses. He enjoyed his master's food. He probably had his master's servants serving him. 
he, he rode in his master's chariot. He probably had parties at his master's house and all his friends would come and enjoy all of the things that belonged to his master. He busied himself enjoying the good life because he was living in the house of his master and yet he was unfaithful. He was unfaithful. As we read the story further, we know one of the things that he was doing wrong was he wasn't collecting his master's debts. There were people all around the town that owed his master money. And his job was to collect that money. And he hadn't been collecting it. So here he was enjoying all the good things that his master had given him. And yet, he wasn't doing his master's work. How that describes many people. That describes many people in this life. They enjoy all the good things that God has given them. The food they eat. The sun that shines on them. The rain that falls. And they never give God a second thought of thanks for the things that He's given them. Unfaithful stewards. Do you know that, uh, that God will require... Uh, an accounting from you for how you've dealt with the things He's given you. <coughs> you know, uh, in, the, in the old days in, in the, the nation of Israel, one of the things that we saw repeatedly is that the nation of Israel would be brought to their knees through hardship, difficult times, famine, and they would cry out to God. But as soon as God blessed them, He brought them into the promised land. He gave them... Uh, you know, wells that they didn't dig. He gave them olive groves and vineyards that they didn't plant. And yet, when they were rich, they turned in their hearts from Him and they worshipped idols. They forsook the Lord when things go well. Now, I trust that everyone in this room has had times of plenty. You've enjoyed times of goodness where the Lord has been good and the work of your hands has been blessed and you've had more than enough. In your life, I trust you've had times like that. But I think that most of you have probably also had times where things have gone badly. I've had times like that. Where things have gone well and then we've lost everything. And uh, our hearts are tempted to do what the children of Israel do. When things go well, we are tempted to take the things that we have for granted. And think as if we own them. No, we are stewards, gentlemen. We are only stewards of what we have. And we must use it for the glory of our Master. So can I ask you, there's a verse that says, Whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. I want to ask you this morning, be honest with yourself. Could an accusation be brought against you this morning in heaven that you are wasting your Master's goods? Could it? Or are you a faithful steward of what He's given you? And are you discharging His business for Him? There's a story in the Old Testament about Joshua taking the, the men and women of Israel into the promised land. And one of the instructions that they'd received from Moses was they were to wipe out every single living thing in the land of Canaan. They were to kill men, women, children, animals, everything. Now that was not an act of genocide. It was an act of judgment on the wickedness of the people who lived in the nation, in that land of Canaan before the Israelites went in. In fact, 
before they went in, God said to, to Abraham, 400 years will pass before I give your descendants this land because the wickedness, the sin of the Amorite is not yet complete. The, the people of the land of Canaan were given 400 years to repent and they didn't. And in the end, God judged them for their sin and He used the nation of Israel to do it. And they went in and they wiped out everybody. But there was a certain group of people named the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites had heard, you fight with the nation of Israel and you lose. That's how it works. And so they, being people who lived in the land, they came up with a plan. And they took a whole lot of old moldy bread and old clothes and they gave it to some people and they made it look like they had come from another land. That they weren't living in the land of Canaan. And they pretended to be foreigners. And they came to Joshua in the camp. And they said, we want to be your servants. We want to make a covenant with you. And we've come from a far land. Look at this bread. It's, it's, it's moldy. Look at our shoes. We left many months ago. And there's this, there's this verse in Joshua. Joshua 8.14. That says this is a sad story in the nation of Israel. This led to much misery even in the days of Saul. People were dying because of this. This is what it says. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions. They looked at this bread. Yeah, it's moldy. Okay, you've come from a long way. But they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They did not ask counsel of the Lord. If they had prayed before they took this decision, God would have warned them, these people are of the land, they are wicked, you are not to make a covenant with them. But they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Now I, wanna, I want to encourage you gentlemen, as we in all of our lives seek to be good stewards of the money, the property, the goods that God has given us in this life, here is one of the keys to being a faithful steward. You must pray about everything you do. Do you do that? Do you pray before you spend money? Do you pray about what God wants you to do with your business? How He wants to use your bank balance to glorify Himself? Trust me, God won't do anything to you that will hurt you. You can trust Him with your money. You can trust Him. He knows what to do. And He loves you. He wants your good. But he, he's, he's not confused about the relationship. He is the Master. You are His servant. I am His servant. Please let us be men of prayer. Let us be men of prayer who pray about the things that we have and what God demands of us and how we use them. Verse 2. So he called the steward to him and he said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be steward. You can no longer be steward. Do you know that there comes a day where if you are not faithful with the things that God has given you, the things that He's blessed you with, if you're not faithful with those things as a steward of His goods, He will take them away from you. He will call you to account and He will say, you must give me an account of what it is I've given you because you can no longer be steward. In fact, just a couple of chapters later in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 19, Jesus tells another parable. This time, 
about a landowner that gives 10 of his servants a miner. Now a miner was about three months salary. He gave him this, the sum of money, let's say 30, 40,000 rand, gave it to them and he said, you are to trade with this money until I come back. The rich man came back some time later. The first man comes to him and says, look master, your miner has made 10 miners. And what does he say? He says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little. Here, I will make you ruler over ten cities. Another comes, he says, look, your miner has made five miners. He says, well done, I'll make you ruler over five cities. But then another man comes. A man whom the Lord says is wicked. And he says, Master, I knew you to be uh, an austere man. You're a shrewd businessman. And I know that you demand a return on your money. And I feared. And so I went and I took your money and I buried it in the ground. And now that you're back, I've brought it out the ground. Here, have what is yours. And the master says to him, I will judge you from your own mouth. You knew that I demand a return on the things that I give. Gentlemen, do you know that? God demands a return on the things He's given you. And then what does He say to this man that says, Yeah, take what is yours. He says to him, take, away, take what he had away from him and give it to the man who had ten. And they said to him, but he's got ten. And the Lord said, listen, this is the way it works. To him who has, more will be given. But to him who does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Don't let that be you. You must be a faithful steward of what God has given you. Now we can talk about stewardship in many areas. Stewardship over your wives, stewardship over your children. And those are all valid areas. But in the context of this parable this morning, we are talking about money. Verse 3. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. You know, the steward realized the seriousness of his situation. He realized the gravity of what was happening to him. He suddenly realized the time is up, the clock is ticking. This life will soon be over. And then there's a life after this that I'm going to have to provide for. And he knew this, this master of mine, he's not to be bargained with. I can't, I can't negotiate with this master of mine. He's made up his mind. And he realized that after this life, there is another life. After I leave this job, there is going to be, I still have needs. I, I will still be alive after this life is finished. And the same is true of us. When this life ends, your life doesn't end. You are a spirit inside of a body. After you die, you have a much longer life that you are going to have to deal with. And there will be consequences in that life based on what you do now. And as soon as this, this steward, as soon as he realized the consequences of what he had been doing, everything changed for him. Suddenly this steward got busy. He got busy preparing for the next life. Because he realized, I've only got so many days left. Do you know that Job said... 
Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. I take nothing with me when I die. Have you realized that? That your days are numbered on this earth. Every one of us is going to die. And what you do in this life will have consequences in the next. You must get busy preparing now for the next life. Verse 4, we'll read verse 4 to 8. I have resolved what to do, says the, the steward. I've resolved what to do. He's been lying awake at night, pressing his temples. What will I do? I, I, I don't know what to do. He, he couldn't sleep. I, I can't beg. I'm not strong enough to, to work. What will I do? I don't have any money. I don't have any friends. What will I do? What will I do? And then he has an idea. I know what I will do. I've resolved. He says that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. Who's they? Well, we're going to find out who they are. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, the people that owed his master money. And he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. Now listen to this. So the master commended the unjust steward. Why did he commend him? Well, first of all, he was collecting the debts for a change in the business. But secondly, he commended him because he had dealt shrewdly. He, the master could see the wisdom in what the steward had done. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. The steward got busy preparing for the next life. Now, this is the point that we need to learn this morning. The key to his preparation for the next life was his use of money. That's the point Jesus is making here. He says the sons of this world are more shrewd, are more intelligent than even Christian people. Because they know how to use money to prepare themselves for what's coming after. And how much more should a Christian not know that money prepares us for eternity? What we do with our money. Jesus said, store up treasures in heaven. Don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. He said, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves can't break in and steal. The inheritance that you have in heaven is an eternal inheritance. Peter says, it's undefiled and it does not fade away and it's reserved in heaven for you through faith by the power of God. Do you know that you have an inheritance in heaven? Do you know that every time you're faithful with money in this life, you are earning an eternal reward? You may not be rewarded in this life for your faithfulness with money, but I can guarantee you this, my God is not a liar and He will reward you in eternity and you will never lose your reward. You will have it for all eternity. What a promise! What a promise of the gospel! No one can take our inheritance from us in heaven. Come on, guys, let's get busy storing up treasures in heaven where no one can take them. You know, this life, you, you live here for maybe 70, 80 years if you're lucky. What is that compared to eternity? 
Let us pray with Moses in Psalm 90. He said, so teach us to number our days. To number our days. Why? So that we might have a heart of wisdom. There is wisdom in numbering your days. There is wisdom in saying, you know what? I've only got, I've got such a short period of time in this life compared to billions and billions and billions of years of endless ages in heaven where I will have this inheritance. This life is so short. Let's use everything that God has given us for His glory. Amen. Amen. Surely we should know that as Christians, money is central to how we prepare for the next life. Verses 9 to 13. And I say to you, this says Jesus. Now Jesus is going to draw some conclusions from the parable. These are the lessons of Christ. He says this. I say to you, make friends for yourselves with unrighteous mammon. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Make friends with yourself with unrighteous mammon or money. What does that mean? We'll talk about what that means. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful with unrighteous money, if you've not been faithful with money, Jesus says, who will commit to you and into your trust the true riches? He's not going to give you the true riches if you are not faithful with money. And if you have not been faithful with what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Jesus gives three keys here to be faithful with the things that God has given us. Three things. Number one, use the money that you have in this life. Use your your possessions, your car, your, your farm, your house. Use it for the salvation of souls. Use it to make friends for eternal life, Jesus said. So that when you arrive on the shores of heaven and you step onto the heavenly Canaan on the other side of Jordan, that there will be people in heaven who welcome you into an eternal home because you used your money to reach them for Jesus. Use your money, use your property for the salvation of people, for the gospel. I thank God for a man who owns a restaurant in town who's willing to give his restaurant for the preaching of the gospel. I praise God for that. This man will not lose his reward. There may be men in this room who come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning. And when you meet the man who owns this restaurant in heaven, you will welcome him. You will shake his hand and you will hug him and you will say, My brother, I got saved in your restaurant. Use your money to save people. That's number one. Number two, be faithful with little. Some of you may say to me, I don't have a lot of money. I don't own a house. I don't own a car. You know what? God has given you something, even if it's the clothes on your back and two strong legs. He's given you some food for tonight. Be faithful with what is little. And here's the promise. He says, if you, if you are faithful in what is little, I will entrust much to you. It might be in this life, it might be in the next. But I can tell you this, my God is not a liar. 
He's not a liar. He'll do what He said. If you're faithful with little, He'll give you much. Do you believe that? It's true. Thirdly, be faithful with what is another man's. Some of you here, many of you here, work for an employer. Your time is not your own. Some of you work for an employer whom you don't respect. He's not a good man. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that as a Christian, you don't work for men, you work for God. And you are not to work with eye service. In other words, only when the boss is watching, you do what's right. No, the Bible says you work with all your heart and you do everything to the best of your ability because you are working for the Lord Jesus Christ and He will reward you for your faithfulness. You be faithful with what is another man's and He will give you what is your own. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful promise. He will give you what's your own. You don't have to worry about ownership in this life. That's the least of our worries in this life. What we need to worry about in this life is are we being faithful to our master? Because our master said if we are faithful with what is another man's, he will give us what is our own. And no one will ever be able to take that away from you. We serve a generous God, we serve a loving God and he wants to bless us. But he requires faithfulness from us in his things. Verse 13, this is the last verse in the parable. Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Have you accepted that? You cannot serve God and money. You must choose this morning who you're going to serve. Now lastly, I want to address those of you here this morning who are not Christians. Now you may say, well, we're all Christians. So I go to church. I'm not asking you whether you go to church. I'm asking you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you repented of your sins? Have you made peace with God? I come to you this morning as a fellow sinner. As a fellow debtor to the Master. I come to you as a man who had debts that he could not pay to God. I know who I am and I know what I've done. I had debts so high to God that I couldn't pay them. And my friend, so do you. You have a debt of sin you cannot pay. And you cannot save yourself. You cannot negotiate your way out of judgment. The Bible says that God will by no means clear the guilty. Yes, He is a God of mercy. Yes, He is a God of love. God is love. And yet, He is a God of justice. And He will not clear the guilty. My friend, you know your crimes against God. You know them in your heart. You have a conscience. You know everything you've stolen. You know every lie you've told. You know every time you've blasphemed His name. You know every time you've dishonored your parents. You know, every time you've indulged in some kind of sexual promiscuity or or lust or pornography, you know it. Your conscience knows it. And let me tell you, the eyes of God have been upon you and He knows it. And He will bring you into judgment. This God is not to be toyed with. 
He is serious about righteousness and he is serious about sin. And in fact, he's so serious about judgment that 2,000 years ago, he sent his only son. And he put him on a cross and he went through unmentionable torment and pain to take the punishment for sinners just like you. And he makes this promise. He says, if you will repent of your sins... If you will turn away from a life of sin, and if you will put your trust entirely in Jesus Christ, in what He did on the cross to pay for your sins, and if you will put your trust entirely in Him because He was raised from the dead, and He is alive, and He promises forgiveness to whoever will call on His name. If you will do that this morning, you will be saved. You will be saved. Because that is the promise of God. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never done that this morning, my brother, I want to encourage you. Don't delay. Let this morning be the morning that you come to God in humility. And you put your faith entirely in Jesus Christ. So that you will be with Him in heaven. And have eternal life. Because without Jesus, you have no hope. You will be guilty on the day of judgment. Gentlemen, we have to talk straight when it comes to the gospel. You must, you must find peace with God through His Son. And I encourage you to do that this morning. Come to Jesus and put your faith entirely in Him. Shall we pray? <coughs> Heavenly Father, Himosa Father. Lord, we thank you so much for the many things that you've given each of us. Lord, as we sit here, each one of us knows how you've blessed us. Lord, when we've served you, there's never been a day while we've been serving you that we've hungered. There's never been a day that we've not had clothing. There's never been a day where we've lacked the necessities of life because you are a faithful father to your children. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. You're a good God. You're a good Father. You've given us so much. And God, this morning, we consecrate ourselves. We dedicate ourselves to you, God, as faithful stewards of the things you've given us. Help us, O God, to be faithful with the money that you've given us. Help us to be faithful with our homes, with our food, with our clothes, with our cars, with our farms, with our businesses. Help us to be faithful, God, that we might store up treasures in heaven by how we are faithful with what you've given us, God. Lord, let there not be a man in this room who is found to be unfaithful with your goods, from whom you take away the stewardship. God, give us hearts of faithfulness. And God, I pray for every man here who does not know you. Every man here who has not come to peace through Jesus Christ. I pray you open his heart this morning to the message of the gospel. I pray that you would give him faith and repentance unto life, Lord. Lord, I pray you bless these men. I pray you bless their businesses. I pray you bless their families, their wives, their children. Let your blessing be upon them, God. And we pray you bless this very restaurant where we've met. Let this restaurant know the faithfulness of its God. Because... This man gave his donkey to the Savior this morning. 
Let him be blessed for it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.